Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is reliable, that your word we can trust, that your word is unchanging. And Lord, we thank you that even though heaven and earth may pass away, your words will always stand sure and true. Now Lord, as we just study your word, help us to understand it and um, help us to prepare for when you come again. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Righto. We've been uh, working our way through Matthew for quite a while now, for over a year. And even though it's been a fair while, we've actually been pushing our way on pretty quick, really. Um, That is until we got to chapter 24. Then everything just seemed to slow down. Because there's so much in this passage that if we're going to prepare for when Christ returns and know what to expect when we're expecting, then there's a fair bit that we've got to get out of this chapter. So we're now into our third week of studying this single chapter and there's a lot in it. The first week we looked at how um, the end of the world's history relates to the world disasters that we see today. Um, Because like some people just look at the disasters and go, oh, Jesus is going to come back soon, it's got to be soon, things are getting so bad. Well, Jesus was telling us that these are the beginning of the end, but they're not the end. He told us that they're like birth pains. So the groanings of the world are like the end, but it's not the end. And we're reminded to get ready and to stay ready. Then last week we got to what to expect when you're expecting. Uh, We're expecting Jesus to return. Uh, So what do we expect in the lead up to his return? And we didn't get very far. We only got two points out. Well, we're only going to get one point out today. But um, the two points we got out last week. So what do we expect when we're expecting? Firstly, we expect that Jesus will be a long time coming. So some people think, well, it's been 2,000 years. There's your proof he's not coming back. Get over it. Well, we shouldn't be surprised that it's been a long time because Jesus told us that he is going to be a long time coming. Jesus can come any day, at any moment of any day. And the fact that it's been 2,000 years should not discourage us from being watchful. Jesus said that he's going to be a long time coming and in a few weeks' time we're going to get to some parables where he was teaching us exactly that. The whole key of the parables was stay ready because even though the king is a long time coming, he's going to come. So be ready when he does. And the second thing we learned last week was to expect big trouble. Before Jesus returns, there will be severe persecution. There will be worldwide upheaval. There will be what Jesus called the Great Tribulation. Now that just simply means the big trouble. That's what the Great Tribulation means. And I spent quite some time explaining this one because many people today are caught up in the modern feel-good idea of what's called the pre-tribulation rapture. Now, that's a big word, which basically means that they believe that the Christians are going to be taken out of the world before the big trouble begins. And that's a very tempting belief, but it does not stack up with what the Bible says. The Bible very clearly teaches us that Christians need to be prepared and ready for the big trouble. It very clearly teaches us that Christians will be in the world during the big trouble. And so we need to be ready for it. 
So that's the last two weeks in a nutshell. And today we're going to go on with what to expect when you're expecting. And the third thing we need to expect before the return of Jesus is... a proliferation of false prophets and false Christs. Verse 4. See that no one leads you astray. Verse 5. Many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ and lead many astray. Verse 11. Many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Verse 23. Then if anyone says to you, look, there's the Christ or, or there he is, Do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. False Christs and false prophets, do they exist? Do they come about in our world today? Every now and then, some charismatic personality elevates himself as a guru or a messiah or a leader of a cult. And all sorts of people from all sorts of walks of life become their followers. Now, usually the ones that we hear about are the ones that end in disaster. And I can remember a couple happening in my lifetime. Here's a couple of examples. Vernon Wayne Howell. I suspect you probably haven't heard of that fellow. I bet you know him later. Um, Born 17th of August 1959 and he's the American leader of the Branch Davidians religious sect and he believed that he was their final prophet. Now this is why you might know him because he actually changed his name to David Koresh. You know that name? Koresh um, is the Persian name of Cyrus the Great. Now, in 1993, the United States ATF, that's the Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms Bureau, raided the Colts Ranch at Waco, Texas. So you probably know now who I'm talking about. And thus the Waco, Texas siege began. When they finally stormed the place, um, they found David Koresh, another 54 adults and 28 children dead and burned. Shoko Asahara, born in 1955, founded the Japanese religious group A.M. Shinrikyo in 1984. Now, he declared that he was Christ. He declared that he was Japan's only fully enlightened master and he named himself the Lamb of God. His mission was to take on himself the sins of the world. Uh, He outlined a doomsday prophecy which included a third world war and described a final conflict culminating in a nuclear Armageddon and humanity would end except for the elite few who joined his religious group. Now this religious group, you mightn't have heard their name um, or mightn't remember it, but you'll probably remember what they did. In 1995 they carried out the sarin nerve gas attack on the Tokyo subway. 13 people died and many others were severely injured. Asahara has been sentenced to death and he's awaiting his execution. Then, of course, some of you who are as old as I am will probably remember the Moonies. You remember the Moonies? 
Anyone? Yes, there are a few as old as me. And I'm not talking about Peter and Pam and kids. Um, I'm talking about the international group. Their leader claimed to be the Messiah. And he became famous for his mass weddings. He married up to 30,000 couples at a time. People who'd never even met one another. Married them off. So... Every now and then you hear of one of these crazies who declare themselves to be Christ or, or say that they're a prophet and people start following them. And I know I sort of find myself wondering why, would, why on earth would anybody follow these guys? They're just obviously crazies. Um, but people fall for it and people do follow them. They have some, something about them that when, they, when somebody meets them face to face that they can, something clicks and they're able to gain people's confidence and people follow them. But we tend to think, when we tend to think of false Christs and false prophets it's easy for us to think of these sorts of people, the crazies. Now, these ones that I've listed, they're just the ones that have gotten international notoriety because of bad stuff that's really happened but there are many groups in the world today where people claim to be the Messiah or people claim, yep, if you want to see Jesus then you've got to follow us and that's it. So we think it's only the extremely gullible who follow them. But there's also some pretty big organisations who seem to have a fair bit more credibility in our society but haven't really gotten the scrutiny that they deserve. Down the end of Robert Street, in this little town of St George, you'll find the Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall. Now, head of the Jehovah Witnesses is called the Watchtower Organisation, and it reports a worldwide membership of 7.9 million people. That's a, that's a pretty big following, 7.9 million people. And we've all had the JWs come knocking on our doors to tell us that what we believe is wrong and that what they believe is right. And let's face it, most, most JWs I know are very nice and reasonable people. But the problem is, not in the people themselves, but they've been misled. But many of us don't actually know what the Jehovah Witnesses believe and, and even sadder is many of us don't even know what we believe. And so we're easily convinced by their arguments. In 1878, the Watchtower organisation put a date on Jesus' return. 1914 was going to be the end of the system of things, the conclusion of Armageddon and the start of earthly paradise. They taught that in 1878 that Jesus began invisibly ruling the world. Right, He hasn't turned up yet. But, but he's here and he's invisibly ruling the world and in 1914 he's going to appear and he'll be here. And um, so therefore they believe the resurrection of the saints, right, our resurrection, would happen before 1914. That obviously didn't happen. They've since changed their minds and, of course, in 1915, in the wake of nothing in 1914, they had to change their story. So in 1915, they revised their studies in scriptures books 
And they then started saying, well, 1914 is when Jesus began to rule in heaven. We got a little bit wrong. He didn't come to earth like he'd claimed. He's now ruling in heaven. It's all happening invisibly. In 1918, their new president prophesied that the resurrection of the saints would begin on earth in 1925. Right? So... Basically saying we got it 11 years wrong last time, but we're right this time. In 1925 he's going to come. And did he? No, he didn't. And so it goes on and on and on. If you care to do any research on the Jehovah Witnesses, you'll find failed prophecy after failed prophecy after failed prophecy about the return of Jesus and about all sorts of other stuff as well. They do not believe that Jesus is God. They believe that Jesus is an angel. Um, They prophesied dates when Jesus would come back several times now, and he hasn't, whereas the Bible tells us that we're not going to know. Jesus will just all of a sudden turn up. Now, the one inescapable fact is if you get prophecies wrong, if you prophesy on things that the Bible says you're not going to know about, and you put dates on things and then you get them wrong, then these are false prophecies, therefore false prophets. And Jesus warned us that they would come. Now Jesus said false prophets and false Christ will arise and lead many astray, and they have, many. Here's another big one. In 1830, Joseph Smith founded the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints, Now that's what we know as the Mormons. Now they base their teaching on the Book of Mormon. According to Smith's account and and the book itself, the Book of Mormon was originally written in otherwise unknown characters referred to as reformed Egyptian engraved on golden plates. Smith said that the last prophet to contribute to the book was a man named Moroni and he buried it in a hill in present day New York and then returned to earth in 1827 as an angel revealing the location of the book to Smith and instructing him to translate it as evidence of the restoration of Christ's true church in the latter days. And people believe this stuff. According to the Mormons, they have over 83,000 missionaries in action in the world today and their membership is over 15 million people. Now... In 1835, Joseph Smith predicted that within 56 years, well that takes it to 1891, Jesus would return. Of course he didn't. And he had many other failed prophecies as well. I guess what we have to realise, it's not only the crazies who fall for false Christs and for false prophets. Millions of people follow this lot. Now, it doesn't mean these are particularly bad and nasty people. Their problem is they've been misled and that's what Jesus warned us, isn't it? He warned us that there would be false Christs and false prophets and what would they do? They would mislead us. Well, here they are. Even within the established Christian church, well, we don't get too many false Christs like... If I was to stand up here today and say, well, I'm glad you're all here, fellas and wimp ladies. Um, by the way, something I've been keeping from you is I'm Jesus and you'd better start following me and giving me all of your money and um, then I'll make sure that we take you to heaven with us when I go. Now, I think you'd probably pick up pretty quick 
if I was a false Christ, wouldn't you? Yeah? So within the established church today, we don't get too many false Christs, but we do get false prophets. And so we have to keep watch for them. So what do they teach? Jesus said that they would teach that either they were the Christ or that Jesus had returned or would return in some sort of secret way and it was only those who were part of their little religious group who would get to see them, right? And Whereas Jesus said it's not going to be like that. Jesus said, so if they say to you, look, he's out in the wilderness, they probably going out there. If they say, look, he's in the inner rooms, don't believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. When Jesus actually comes, there's not going to be anything at all secret about it in any way, shape or form. If you've got eyes in your head to see with, you're going to see it happening. As easy as you can see lightning on the horizon and you know there's a storm over there. As easy as you can look up in the sky and see the birds circling over some roadkill. You know, you're going to know that it's happening. No matter where you are in the world, you will see it when Jesus returns. And even if you're blind, you're not going to miss it because it's going to be noisy. Verse 31 says, He'll send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they'll gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now, I've done sound, doing sound mixes with bands. If there's a trumpet there... It's hard to do sound because you've got to try and turn the trumpet down and, oh, he's not even blowing into a mic. They're loud. Can you imagine how loud an angel's trumpet is going to be when the Bible describes it as a loud trumpet blast? When that day comes, you don't have to go looking for Jesus. He'll find you. It's going to be loud. It's going to be loud enough to wake the dead. And it will. So Jesus said, expect false Christs, expect false prophets. But what do they do? What is their aim? Well, their aim is actually quite sinister. It is to lead Christians astray. Now that should give you a pretty good idea where false Christs and where false prophets come from. Who wants to lead Christians astray? Anybody? Sorry? Satan does. That's right. You have been saved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And Satan hates that. He used to be Lord of your life, but he's not anymore. And he wants that place back again. And that's why false Christs and false prophets will arise. Some will even have miraculous powers. They're going to have some tricks up their sleeve to try and get you away from following Jesus Christ and to start you off on following a lie or to just fall away altogether. So I guess the question for us then is, how can we make sure that we're not deceived? Well, that's what we're doing here today. We're learning what to expect when you're expecting. If you know your Bible, if you know what your Bible says about the return of Christ, you will not get misled. 
you know that false Christs and false prophets are going to come. So you're going to be on the watch out for them, aren't you? If you know that, yeah. Jesus will not come back secretly. He told us that. Now, you know that, don't you? So you're not going to fall for it when somebody says, oh, Jesus is over here. You're not going to fall for that, are you? No. Jesus said, no one knows the time of my return. You know he said that, don't you? Yeah. So if somebody goes and puts a date on it, are you going to believe it? No. When the big trouble comes and Christians are persecuted and killed, you're not going to lose heart because you've already been warned that this time of big trouble was going to come. And so you're not going to go looking for an easier path because Jesus said to expect the big trouble and to stand strong through it. He's told us to endure. Even if somebody appears who performs great signs and wonders, is that going to convince you? You won't be misled because you're going to check out their teaching with what the Bible says. And you're going to be asking the question, well, are they, is this really what the Bible says or are they twisting the scriptures to try and line up with what they want? The only way for us to guard against false teaching, false prophets, false Christ is to fill up on the good stuff. Get into your Bible, get into a Bible study group. Um, Don't even take the preacher's word for it. I said this last week or the week before. When you go home after church, you get into your Bible for yourself and check out what I'm saying. Make sure that what I'm saying is right because God's word is what's unreliable, is what's reliable, not me. Okay? So there's still a few more things yet for us to expect when we're expecting, but I think we've gone far enough for today. Any questions? Yes. Sorry? I can't remember, Roy. No. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon we're going to hear it all over the world. Yeah, that, that's what that's why it play, appears to me. Yeah. Hmm. I haven't really. <laughs> yeah, you'll know. You'll know. You'll know. It's like, oh, that's obviously it. Yep. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you that you have told us what to expect when we're expecting. You haven't told us everything, but you've told us everything that you want us to know. Lord, we thank you that you have not left us alone. We thank you that while we wait for you, that you're actually with us now.
with your Holy Spirit. We thank you that while we endure the big trouble, your Spirit is in us, giving us strength. We thank you that even today, as false Christs and false prophets arise, your Spirit is in us. Lord, through your Holy Spirit, give us discernment. Help us to not be misled by false Christs or false prophets. Lord, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your scriptures that outline the path of life. We thank you, Lord, for godly teachers and godly prophets who faithfully teach your word without trying to fill up the gaps with man-made thoughts or with Satan's deception. Lord, we thank you that as we wait for you, that we can trust that your good and perfect plan and timing are all in hand. We thank you, Lord, that you're playing your cards close to your chest and we look forward with delight to the surprise of your return. Come, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.